Last Sunday, we talked a little bit about that truth that in our walk of faith, that in our struggle at times with our own flawed human nature, that the Spirit of God doesn't lead us to self-reliance. The Spirit of God always leads us to Jesus himself. So it's not about self-reliance, it's about dependence. And in our struggle and in our desire to live lives of obedience, of, of purity, of holiness, it truly is the Spirit of God that will affect that change in our lives as we fix our eyes, fix our hearts, and fix our minds on him. Today is Thanksgiving, and so I'm not, I wasn't really thinking about the series too much this week as I thought about what I want to say. But I will say this, that I think Thanksgiving, the giving of gratitude, has the power to change our perspective sometimes on ourselves and our perspective sometimes on the situations or circumstances that we find ourselves in so that thanksgiving and praise can change us. So it's appropriate and it can stay there. What I have to say this morning is going to be very short because I want to give time in the church for people to, to give thanks to God. Uh, there'll be a mic up here, and I just want to allow people to come to the front and give thanks to God for whatever is on your heart. It is Thanksgiving weekend, and you know, there are many who do not necessarily identify with the church or with faith who will also pause to give thanks this weekend. That thankfulness is not, uh, you might say, an attribute confined to those within the church. I'm often struck by those who give thanks in situations where they may have just lost everything. And I thought about that this week. Over the summer, we saw examples of that in the wildfires in Rock Creek, uh, the wildfires in South Okanagan, the wildfires in in Northern California. And in the last couple of weeks, we've seen it in the floods of the low country. I didn't even know there was that term in South Carolina. And you see tears in the eyes of people as they see everything of material wealth disappear. You might say everything that they had worked hard for is simply swept away, yet through their tears, they give thanks for life and the lives of others who have been saved or spared. And I think it's a reminder of the transience of material things. Those things that we often work so hard to attain and so hard to accumulate can disappear in an instant. We're about a week away uh, from an election in this country. And as much as we may at times feel a bit frustrated or confused... Uh, maybe sometimes even angered by the negativity of sort of the political 
conversation. I want to say we do have in this country where we are absolutely blessed to live so much to give thanks for. And I want to encourage all of us to take the time to vote, uh, to take the time to pray for our country, and to take the time to give thanks that for whatever reason God allowed us to live here. Pray that God would grant our country good and honorable government. Thanksgiving really, I think, is a time when it's good for us simply to pause and reflect on life. Found this quote, uh, someone said, I don't know who it is. They said, now and then it's good to pause in our pursuit of happiness and just be happy. It's not really a biblical quote because happy, happy isn't really what the Bible teaches. But if we looked at it maybe from more of a biblical perspective, it might say now and then it's good to pause in our pursuit of fill in the blank and find a place of contentment. That truly in life, God offers us a place of contentment, of peace and rest for our soul. That's what the songs, so many of the songs we sang about this morning. Someone else uh, made this rather short, sweet comment, gratitude turns what we have into enough. That, I believe, is biblical. I think there's amazing truth in that. And then in a separate quote from a different person, somebody said, enough is actually a feast. Those aren't really North American perspectives in a way. We, we really do clamor for more. But I thought about that. Gratitude turns what we have into enough, and enough is actually a feast. I'd love to say that those were found in Proverbs or some other place, but they weren't. They were found on Google. It made me think of all the fleeing millions, millions of people around this earth who would see what we take for granted and call it a feast. Millions of people dream to actually partake in the kind of life we often take for granted. John Wooden, who was a Hall of Fame member of the Basketball Hall of Fame, both as a coach and as a player, he was a man of God. He coached for UCLA Bruins for many years. He said this, if we magnified blessings as much as we magnified disappointments, we would all be much happier. There's truth there. It's interesting, in the Christian calendar, Christmas and Easter, I I think are reminders of events. The birth, the death, and resurrection of Jesus, that they are supernatural events that have eternal ramifications for us as children of God. Thanksgiving is really not so much about an event, but it is a reminder that, and I'm going to say especially as Christians, our hearts, our minds, and our souls 
should settle in or find residence in a place of thanksgiving. That as children of God, we should have thankful hearts. Expressing a heart of gratitude, I'm going to say, is a recurring biblical theme. It runs through the entire narrative of the Bible. In the Old Testament, where the nation of Israel was so often called to recall the goodness of God on their behalf. And in the New Testament, the church, of which we are an ongoing extension of the New Testament church, that we too are called to remember what Jesus has done on our behalf. We are called to remember that our true citizenship is actually not of this world, it's in heaven. And just like the children of Israel, we can become somewhat self-reliant. We can sometimes become quite self-satisfied when things go well. And we can quite quickly become grumblers and complainers when things go badly. Our human tendency is often to forget God and lean on our own understanding. And the Bible says our own understanding Especially, I want to say, within the challenges of life is often limited. It is often flawed because we tend to focus on the things of this world rather than things of eternal value. And thanksgiving, I simply want to say, turns our hearts to God. And reminds us, I want to say, that God is in control. God is aware There's nothing about your life and my life that God is not aware of. That God is the great I am. He is almighty father. He is my father. And I am his child. And as I forget what the psalm was that you sang. The Bible says nothing can separate us from the love of God shown to us in Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that is why we should be thankful people always. I sometimes think about our prayers. I I do not want this to come across like a criticism. But many of our prayer requests are often quite self-centered. They're self-focused. That we come to God because we seek God's favor, God's help in some aspect of our earthly life. Or we come to God on behalf of some people we know because something about their earthly life is causing them difficulties. I say this, as I said, not as a criticism. Try that again. Not as a criticism, but as an observation. It actually is what the Bible encourages us to do. That we are called to make our requests known to God. In 3 John, in verse 2, and when we went through these books in summer, these books that had only one chapter, this verse kind of jumped out at me, although it didn't quite fit in terms of what I was saying at the time. But in verse 2, when writing to his friend and fellow Christian worker, John prays this, and and his friend's name is Gaius, and he says, Gaius, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health. 
I want to say that's where most of our prayers tend to lie. That when we pray for each other, maybe even on behalf of ourselves, we pray that in all respects that we would prosper and be in good health. And it's interesting, the last little half of that short prayer, he says, just as your soul prospers. And it's a prayer in which the apostle John makes a request that Gaius would experience, I'm just going to say it, physical and material blessing. And I believe John prays that because these are often the aspects of life that are subject to change. Our health changes. Job situations change. Sometimes there's changes in relationships within families, within homes. So John prays that in all of those things, even those earthly aspects of life, John prays for his friend Gaius that all would be well with him. And I want to say it again because those things in life often change. The last little phrase, though, expresses a truth, and I think the reminder that there are aspects of our Christian life that are unchanging because they relate to our spiritual condition, they relate to the sufficiency of Jesus and the hope that should spring eternal in the lives of every Christian through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The heart of every Christian can rest in, and I want to say rely on, these truths, these promises that will stand the test of any circumstance in life. They will stand the test of time. They are there for all eternity. And it allows us at times to put on a garment of praise when the natural tendency would be to put on a spirit of heaviness. Praise and thanksgiving remind us of our eternal promises and our eternal hope even in the middle of the difficult earthly circumstances we might be experiencing. Thanksgiving calls us to hope when things feel hopeless. Thanksgiving calls us to something, someone greater than ourselves. So this Thanksgiving we are once again reminded to be thankful. Whether I got up this morning surrounded by the good things and the blessings of life, or whether I got up surrounded by feeling overwhelmed by some of the deepest hurts and challenges that I have ever known. And I want to say that within our church, there are people who are experiencing some of these challenges right now. And God says, you need to be thankful. Praise and thanksgiving, I think, lead us into the presence of a loving Heavenly Father. You might say there's something about that advice, that encouragement, or that directive from the Word of God that seems almost naive and at times may appear to be unreasonable. And yet it's usually in those circumstances of life 
when giving thanks is most important. As someone said to me this morning, Thanksgiving has a way of taking our eyes off ourselves and our circumstances and focusing our hearts on God. So you may say, God, I do not understand my circumstances. I do not like my circumstances. I do not like where I am in life right now. In fact, at times I may feel angry. But God, help me see in all of that a reason and a willingness to give thanks to you. For those of us who embrace the truth of the gospel, our faith itself is another reason to give thanks. It gives us, I want to say, hope to look beyond our circumstances. That we are not limited by them. We are not defined by our circumstances. And by the grace of God and at times the support of the family of God, we can find a reason to hope in the middle of what seems at times unbearable. And I believe the clear message of the word of God is that we as Christians are called to be thankful people at all times in every circumstance. The story of Joseph in the Old Testament, it's a story of mistreatment, of intense jealousy and evil intent on behalf of his older brothers. They could not stand their younger brother. And so they sold him into slavery, dipped his robe into blood to make it look like he had been killed by a wild animal. Years later, his brothers are reunited with Joseph, and most of us know the story, who comes to the rescue of his brothers. And Joseph says this to them. You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. Those words were in one of the songs, and I forget which one it was. It just amazed me this morning how so much of what I had here was in the, in the music. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. And I need to be careful not to pull this verse out of context and not to, careful not to apply it in all circumstances, but I believe there is biblical truth wrapped within this verse. That what may seem unwarranted, undeserved, unfair, a painful reality in my life can be an experience through which God can do something amazing. And I know there are people, some of them may be here this morning, some are not, who could point to that truth in their life. That what was painful, what was a huge challenge, and at times they might even say, what was the result of bad decisions I may have made, God has turned those experiences in my life into something beautiful for his glory. I want to suggest that perhaps the two most telling traits 
of the church, of children of God, are those of thankfulness and love. That I would say they are supposed to be part of our spiritual DNA. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says this, Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Thanksgiving for a child of God is a declaration of a hope that springs eternal. Because it sees in the resurrection of Jesus Christ a personal promise of eternity. In Romans 8, there is this section. It's probably more than just verse 8. Or it's chapter 8, pardon me. Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity? When I think about the rest of us written here, I think for many Christians today, North America, does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity? Or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's why the Bible says, be thankful. Psalm 100. I'm going to end with this. says, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. So enter his gates with thanksgiving, and enter his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. I think that psalm, it's a short little psalm, it's a great reminder. It's a great little psalm to stick someplace. To take focus maybe off where we are and how we feel and focus on the goodness, the faithfulness, the love of our Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, I thank you that your word speaks truth into our life about the fact that we have so much for which to give thanks. And God, we are blessed with so much in this country. We are blessed with so many things that are pretty much only of earthly value, and yet, God, we struggle because we focus on those things way too much. Father, would you help us lift our eyes 
to the truth of the wealth that is ours in Jesus Christ our Lord. The wealth that is ours in terms of eternal and spiritual blessings. And Father, help us take time to simply give thanks for that. God, help us figure out that enough can truly be a feast when it is surrounded by the presence of a loving God. So God, I pray for each one of us that you would work inside our hearts and our minds and bring us to a place of thanksgiving. Father, I pray for those who are quite literally in the middle of of trials and struggles that, um, Father, they are intense, they are at times, I think, almost unbearable. Father, would you cause them, even in that situation, to lift your name in praise, and God, I pray that the Spirit of God would rest upon those people, upon those homes, and we pray for them. So we give thanks, Heavenly Father, that for this morning, for this place, for the freedom we have to lift your name. And we give thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.